So everybody, here we got Ernest Evans Sr. on the podcast. What's he up, is baby? a comedian, uh, former veteran, and uh, all-around awesome dude. Welcome to the show, buddy. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. How's, how's every... So let's go over... Um, so you've been doing comedy for... For a little bit, right? How, yeah, how? man. So uh, comedy, I think, if was this August, this is September. So right at 15 months. Yeah. Nice. So comedy right at 15 months Dude, started last year. your progression. I, like I've seen, I saw you when you were like a, a couple months in. Yeah. And then I saw you like a, a little bit further down the line. And then I've yeah. seen you a little bit further down the line. Dude, the, your progression is incredible. Like I've, uh, the, the fact that the laughs per minute that you get. Right. Plus, your like presence on stage has changed so much. Like I'm like, whoa! You, how often are do you get on stage? Man, I first of all, I appreciate that, man. Uh, I get on stage. I used to get on stage a lot, you know, just just my family dynamic. You know, I'm, I'm still a family guy. You know, what I'm saying, shout out to the family uh, <laughs> for letting me do comedy first of all, because yeah. you know they come first, man. Um, but I, I would say in the beginning last year, I was trying to get on stage at least three times a week. Okay. You know? But for me, I think I'm not a traditionalist, and mm-hmm. I never have been. So the way I I approach it is I look for quality mm-hmm. over quantity. Yeah, you know. So whether you're performing in front of a your mirror, it has to be a quality performance. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So everything yeah. I do, I really take it serious, and I can attest that to just been in the military. Yeah. So I, I would have to say just progression comes from just taking it serious I'm yeah. not saying other people don't but i think my seriousness is a lot yeah more serious okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice yeah. man so uh, where did you grow up man i'm a country boy baby shit i grew up in rockdale <laughs> texas for real yeah. rockdale texas it's about a uh hour some well shit from here goddamn two days <laughs> shit, we far around this bitch man yeah. uh so it's about an hour and some change northeast up here. You know, you okay. know where Hutto is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Round yeah. Rock, Thorndale. Okay. Uh, then you hit, uh, right after Thorndale is Rockdale. You know? Okay. So Rockdale was known for Alcoa back in the day. Okay. Aluminum Corporation of America. You know, Rockdale was was a thriving community when we had that uh, factory out of there. Uh, I forget what year it closed down. But after it closed down, you know, a lot of jobs left. A lot of poverty came. Uh, you know, Rockdale has an issue with drugs, uh, but it's it's picking up now, man. So I think Rockdale is on the on the uptick because it's a lot of stuff coming to, to the surrounding areas. So if you can't get on the bus, you're gonna get left. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's where I'm from, man. I left uh, for the army. Okay. At the age of 18, two weeks out of high school. Oh wow! Yeah. So you like right away? I was gone. Okay. Yes, sir. Was uh, what made you uh, want to join the army? Man, you know, I was I played basketball growing mm-hmm. up. You know, saying I thought. I was gonna go college, play basketball, but um, one of my buddies was talking to a recruiter, and the recruiter happened to talk to me. My high school girlfriend ended up getting pregnant. You know what I'm saying? I had to pay some bills, so I had to become an adult at an early age. You know what I'm saying? Shit, some of these kids these days get a girl pregnant, they be looking for their mama to help take care of it. You know what I'm saying? They ain't trying to do what they gotta do. Shit, so I had I joined the military, man. I had to make a a, a life changing decision, and it was wow. the best decision I ever made, man. I uh. A lot of good things came out of serving this country. So if you're ever thinking about serving, don't hesitate. Just go try it out. You get a lot of great things from it, man. So go, t- go talk to a recruiter. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> we got Ernest, the recruiter over here. Yeah, I want my percentage. Though, damn it. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So uh, how many people are, are, are in your in like immediate family? Man, so, you know, I, I have my oldest daughter, uh, Zabrian. And my grandson, CB, mm-hmm. Cannon Banks, you know what I'm saying? He's going to be famous with just Cannon Banks. <laughs> uh, then I got my oldest son, uh, Ernest Jr., okay. 15, and my baby girl, Lakin. Yeah, so uh, so three, and then I got my wife, Michelle. Okay. And she's got a baby on the way. So wow. I, yeah, I'm trying to build this tribe, man. Everyone I have is a fan. That's awesome, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you build it, man. That's how you build that following. Uh, yeah, everybody better have a phone. so um growing up in uh in in rockville right rockdale rockdale yeah um what was it like growing up there man bro so i grew up with my brothers and my cousins it was five of us Mm -hmm. uh and we were close we did everything under the sun and then we had close friends uh 
of the family. And you know, growing growing up black in Rockdale, you had a certain small group of people mm-hmm. that you really connected with yeah. that looked like you. Mm-hmm. And so, shit, from shooting BB guns to playing basketball on Rice Street, shit, going fishing, jumping barbed wire fences, fishing in people's damn tanks that we wasn't supposed to be in. Uh, it was just fun, man. Shoot, my dad worked for the city for a long time. Mm-hmm. So during the summer, the, the, the best thing was chasing down mosquito trucks that he used to drive. Okay. You know what I'm saying? You know what that is? A mosquito mm-hmm. truck? No, I do not know what a mosquito man, so, truck you is. Know, you can research it, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's a damn truck. Ain't no telling what was in this shit, right? <laughs> so he mixed this shit behind a barn probably in a five-gallon bucket and had to pour it into this damn engine on the back of a truck. Okay. Right? And he started it, and it compressed it and burned it, and it shot this damn smoke out the back of it. Oh, wow. And it, like, fumigates mosquitoes. Okay. But the thing in the hood was to chase behind that bitch because it (laughs) smells so good, right? Yeah. (laughs) That's probably why all these parents, they messed up now, damn chasing mosquito (laughs) trucks. (laughs) Yeah, it's a real thing in country towns, man. That's funny, dude. So uh, what what did you like to do? Like so, you said you you liked to uh, fish. How was uh how was high school for you? Man, high school, I, man, I, dude, I got I got, you know, we don't when we were growing up, bullying to us wasn't bullying. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They were just we're like, man, you, this dude's an asshole, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, quit picking on me. Why are you picking on me all the yeah. time? Uh, but yeah, man, I, this one dude, I ain't gonna call his name out, but uh. He used to bully everybody, bruh. He used to bully everybody. Uh, and I would just say just dealing with that dude it made school fucking horrible. But but during the daytime, I had friends that was around me, and I was just always being funny, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Staying out of trouble. Man, I was a good kid. At least yeah. I think I was. Uh, just staying out of trouble. But school was fun. But if I could go back, and I would probably – Probably fuck that dude up, you know what I'm saying? That's what I should have <laughs> did, you know what I'm saying? But I was little, man. I was like five, yeah. five. Yeah. Uh, class clown, but not really the class clown, but just trying yeah. to find my way. So it wasn't really tough, but I would say I had a good time in high school. Did you have like a growth spurt at some point? Hell no, man. I, shit, I was born like this at the age of 43, baby. <laughs> nah, nah, I didn't have, I was, what, I'm five, nine. Uh, but you know, I jumped out of airplanes. In okay. The, in the military. Oh, were, yeah. were you, uh, um, damn, I forgot. What was the term? Airborne. Uh, airborne. Yeah, yeah, airborne. Yeah, so I was airborne uh, in the 82nd Airborne Division. And, uh, man, from jumping out of airplanes at the age of 18 to shit, 20-something, strapping that parachute to your back, sitting in the harness for hours on the ground, waiting for an aircraft to come to jump out of, you know, it takes toll on your body. So I started the Army at 5'10", but I got out 5'8". Oh really? Nah, I'm fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, I'm 5'9". I've been gross spurt in high school. That's it. Okay, but it, like probably jumping out of the airplane gave you a little stretch too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, what did you play any sports in high school? Yeah, I played football, uh, basketball, and I ran track. You know, I did long distance and uh, I pole vaulted. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? I was like pole athlete. Vault. Nah, I wouldn't say all that. You know what I'm saying? I was trying to get the girls, man. Shit, that's what track, man. Track meet all the girls. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. But nah, I like I love track. I love pole vaulting uh, because it was something that you just didn't see uh, black people doing. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Especially in high school. Yeah. Um, and uh, it got me out of running. You know what I'm saying? I was running long distance. I was pretty good, but I just got tired of running, bro. I was like, I'm just going to do this pole vault real quick. You know what I'm saying? In the yeah, morning. Just a quick sprint. To get, get, up hey, there. get this shit out the way early in the track meet and then go just peruse the scene yeah. for the rest of the day. And that's what I did um, in basketball senior year and uh, track. And that's it, man. I ain't played football my senior year. I was tired of that shit, too. So yeah. Like, that nah. sounds like a lot of like damage to, to just your entire body. Man, I mean, as kids, though, we played football on the street, tackle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Tackle on the street. Oh, oh man. man. You guys were Bruh, tough. Running barefoot in sticker patches. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Doing all kind of crazy stuff. Okay. So you had to be tough. I, mean, I was born in 1980, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Times. You know how tough you got to be growing up in the 80s? Yeah. I had to stay outside two days one time. <laughs> shit. In the heat, bro. Oh, no. Because if you come inside, you can't go back out. <laughs> that's rule 75 like, in the black household. <laughs> <laughs> just go around, play, figure it out, man. Hey, that's what you got to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think sometimes, well, the world we grew up in is totally different, though. You just can't send kids out these days playing around and shit. They end up on Epstein's Island or something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got to watch yeah. your kids. Yeah, you don't There's a lot of that. crazy mofos out here, man. <laughs> like we did. You know what I'm saying? 
people didn't kidnap us because yeah. we'll fuck them up. Yeah, you know what I'm well, saying. Different, different, it's different. Styles, you know right? what I'm saying. Yeah. Kidnap a kid these days, they're like, when are we stopping at McDonald's? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like, nah, bro, you, you tripping? You yeah. know what I'm saying? So I, I remember when I was uh, when I was like five or six, like we, um, my family took me to a trip to Florida. We were at the food court, and some random lady just comes over and offers me candy. And I was like, ah, oh, I want candy. And my mom's like, no, what do you, you want to just get taken from some, by some lady? I'm like, I don't know what's going on. You yeah. know, like if someone up offers you candy, that's all you need. Well, I don't know, man. What well, depends on what type of candy it is, bro. <laughs> Shit. I ain't getting no van for no now later. So <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, give me some Snickers, though. We can talk. <laughs> Shit. So, nah, I'm not getting no van for no now later, bro. Yeah. <laughs> what if you gave some black licorice? Oh no! They see now. I'll, I'll stop there. I yeah, don't need that. Nah, you just can't do every candy. No, <laughs> but it seems like to me you're like a, such a sociable guy and like you like very easygoing. You said you were bullied, like what? But it seems like you like you're like the popular kid in school. Nah, man. Uh, Rockdale was small, man. We had my graduating class was like 112 people, right? Okay. Uh, and I could probably count. I mean, I guess I, I was likable, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, a sociable, I guess. Uh, I wasn't disliked, yeah. but I wasn't the most popular guy mm -hmm. either. Yeah. Uh, because the school was so small, shit, everybody knew everybody. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I just, and I think why people remembered me, man, and I take this to, to the day that I die, I always try to be a genuine, nice person. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a hard exterior yeah. from what I look like because I was in the military for so long. Man, yeah. you can't just go around being soft back and not when I joined, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Um, and being black, bro, like you've just been a black man. Mm -hmm. you like I can't appear soft, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh, but once people get to know me, they're like, "Damn, this dude is like chill," you know what I'm saying? Because I'm a chill dude, man. I love everybody until you give me a reason not to love you. Yeah, and then we got an issue. That's got to be a really bad reason, because dude, you're such a likable guy and so like such a genuine person. I don't know. Yeah, it seems to me that. Something happened. Someone's got to cross you really bad. Yeah, to be able to yeah. Get in that I'm a mode. forgiving guy, man. Um, and I always didn't used to be like this, but um, just having kids, and you know, I went through a divorce and I ended up with custody of my kids. But just being a single parent and meeting my now current wife mm -hmm. and her, her having her help me work through stuff, you know, what I'm saying getting out of the military, having yeah. the VA, just. It's crazy how your life changes yeah. when when you're not in a profession yeah. that warrants an attitude all the time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I've always took that mantra with me, even in the military. You know, I treated soldiers how I wanted to be treated. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was one, it was one standard: either you met it or you didn't. You yeah. Know? But just trying to be a nice, genuine person, man. So it 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 means a lot to me that that you notice yeah. because I don't do it to. To get noticed, yeah. I do it because that's how I was brought from yeah. my grandma, my yeah. mom, and uh, the way I try to bring my kids up now. Yeah. Okay. So, um, did you get along well with your grandparents? Yeah, man. Uh, my grandmothers uh, on my um, my dad's side mm -hmm. uh, moved in with my aunt at the age of fifteen. Okay. And my grandmother, they lived side by side, so very close with my grandmother. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And then my uh, grandmother on my mom's side. My grandfather, a biological grandfather, mm -hmm. served in the military. I really didn't get to meet him. Okay. My dad passed away. But uh, I would say my step-grandfather, man, was a cool dude. He served in the military, too. Uh, we call him Pops. Um, but he very cool dude, man. And uh, learned how to cook from him, learned how to do odds and ends. And, you know, my grandmother uh, on my mom's side, man, she was a spitfire. She ain't taking no shit. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I can see that's where my mom got it from. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was just... Yeah. She ain't take no shit. So, but so very family oriented, man. Yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, most you, you seem like you. Well, obviously you 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 have a like a a, a big family of your own, uh, but you also seem like you're like a like a kind guy. Yeah. It's always like looking to like tr you treat people like they're your family. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. When I met you, like I, you know, we we're just sitting at an open mic, and then you just started talking to me like. Oh, this dude's like really nice up the top. Like I don't know. I I I think I'm like I need a little bit warming up in my end for yeah. some to get to that point for some reason. I don't know why, but you were just like, man, just let's go, boom, 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 and it's like, oh, we're just having a good conversation yeah. from the get go. So, um, yeah, that was pretty early on, man, when I started comedy, and I read a lot of books, bro, about open mics and how terrifying they can be. But uh, you know, I I was 
served in the army. Uh, I got out of uh, E8, first sergeant, which yeah. is pretty high in the military. You know, yeah. there's only one rank out there, E9, which is sergeant major. Okay. Uh, so I had to give a lot of briefings, talking in front of people that you yeah. don't know, being in the military, giving classes. Like the the army immerses yeah. you in the shit that you wouldn't be immersed in if yeah. you were just going the traditional route, growing through adulthood, go yeah. to college, yeah. go to college, get a job. Like at the age of 18, uh, being in basic training, like, bro, if you get selected to be a squad leader, like, you're in charge of these people now yeah. at 18. You get selected to be a platoon sergeant, like, you're in charge of the, all these people right yeah. now. And you got to figure it out, you yeah. know, because if you don't figure it out, everybody going to suffer. Yeah. And uh, so I was like, damn, this is like the first day of basic training when I went to the open mic. I like, man, <laughs> nerve-wracking. So what do you do to ease the nerve? I, same yeah. thing I did with military. You, yeah. I ease it with conversation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody here nervous. They, even yeah. though they may not admit it, uh, maybe not the veterans that's been doing the shit for a while, but yeah. even now, man, you know, I still get nervous at open mics, even yeah. though I know I'm not really going to try to kill the open mic scene yeah. working on particular things. Yeah. It's just the nerves of getting up and talking in front of your peers yeah. and people that you don't know to try to deliver a product to make it to to, to people to, to buy it, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. So yeah, I saw you there, man. We chopped it up. You're, yeah, dude. You're a good dude, man. I appreciate it, man. Because yeah. I some even to this day, like I still like for some reason I want the comedians to like me. So that kind of gets in my own way, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. That, that's what makes me nervous sometimes. It's like, I'm in front of a crowd, I don't care. Like, yeah. I know what I'm doing. Yeah, but yeah. for some reason, even when I'm testing new material out, I'm like, oh, I don't memor- I don't have this memorized the particular way yeah. I want it to so I can deliver it the way I want it to. So it's like, oh, no, I'm going to forget, or some some dumb thing like that. Yeah. So it's uh, it's interesting. So you, sa- you said the during the military were you a squad leader in and boot camp and stuff like that nah man unfortunately nah like during basic training uh bro basic training i was crying like a little girl bro i, was, <laughs> bro, I wrote a letter to my recruiter told his ass come get me i ain't even lying uh that shit sucked bro i was at fort leonard wood missouri the first time i ever been on a plane ever been away from the house uh this was the first i was the first cycle that had females in basic training mm-hmm. Uh, I had this drill sergeant, cool dude, man. That motherfucker punched me in my stomach so hard, man. <laughs> I was like, oh, bitch. Oh. I like just, because you know, I ain't know no better. Because when you get to, and I'm writing, I got a whole lot of stuff I wrote about this. I'm going to deliver it to the world because it's funny. Yeah. Uh, when you go to damn MEPS in the military, bro, yeah. they got the people that's in there that meet you. Them the motherfuckers who didn't make it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so they got these soldiers coming to pick you up and shit. Yeah. And like, hey, yo, come on, hurry up. Get over here. Get over here. But we didn't know yeah. that until after the fact that these are the motherfuckers that didn't make it. <laughs> so how you going to greet me with the guys that you about to send to the house? Because they didn't make it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm like, all right, we chilling and shit. They out there smoking cigarettes, hat cocked to the side, uniform half-ass put on right. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, why the hell this dude got on Nikes? Jordan's with the whole uniform. Yeah. He was on profile. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He was hurt, so he was getting recycled. But they were there at reception. And I was chilling, man. I was like, all right, we're at camp, bro. <laughs> I was eating ice cream, yeah. chocolate, milk. I was living my best life at reception. Getting my fucking <laughs> uniforms and stuff, bro. Yeah, they they came to God Dog Gonna Get Us like that Friday. Yeah. They had all of us in formation. I remember this shit playing as day. I was in the front. Mind you, all the dudes that we got our information from is the motherfuckers who didn't make it. Yeah. <laughs> so I was sitting in formation, just chilling, got my hands in my pocket. These drill sergeants walking around, giving us instructions. I spit. Man, this dude came around, hit me in my guy dog on stomach so hard. Bam. Don't uh. you ever spit in my fucking formation. I was like, oh, shit. I was like, damn, who's this guy? Right? Because yeah. everybody at the reception was nice. Yeah. Was nice. Yeah. So these are the dudes that was about to train us for the next damn eight weeks. Yeah. So, man, I was like, oh, shit. What I get myself into? <laughs> uh, it was rough, man. Yeah. It was rough. So, how, uh, so uh, boot camp's eight weeks? Uh, it was when I went through, yeah. Okay. Did, has it changed? I think it's 10 weeks now, maybe 14 weeks, man. Okay. Shit. You know, they got. It just ain't boys and girls no more. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what the hell they got going on, man. Yeah. But shit, I think so they probably teaching basic training on TikTok, knowing the army oh. shit. <laughs> ain't no telling, man. I'm glad I got it. I mean, I love the army, man. Yeah, I do. Um, I do. It's if they call me, I'll go back. Yeah, but they got to take me how I am. <laughs> <laughs> how long were you in there? 
Uh, 22 years, 22. Man. Oh, yeah, dude, yeah. You, you retired from the Army, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm retired. You did yeah. the whole thing, man. I did the whole thing, man, on half-ass nothing. How, uh, what made you think, oh, I want to be an, an airborne uh, guy? I, I forgot the terminology. Yeah, this so, I was a, so I'm a Blackhawk crew chief. Uh, that's my job was in the military. Okay. So, I mean, if you don't, I t- so people are like, what's a Blackhawk? What does Blackhawk crew chief do? I say, well, one of the cool things we do, we shoot guns out of the side of a helicopter mm-hmm. uh, different at different various levels yeah. um, in the Army. So mm-hmm. uh, if you watch the movie Black Hawk Down yeah. when they're flying a helicopter over Somalia, the dude mm-hmm. leaning out the window shooting the gun. I was like, okay, that's a crew chief or a gun. Okay. So essentially that's what uh, that's what I do. Or you see the movies where a Black Hawk comes and land yeah. and the guy jumps out the back and he walks out and greets people. Yeah, that's, that's the crew chief. Okay. So that's what I did. And, you know, the UH-60 has – uh, different platforms and does performs different yeah. missions throughout the army. Okay, yeah, so that's what I did. But uh, I was at Fort Eustis, Virginia, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Man, they were passing out orders for the previous class, and they were sending their asses to like Korea, Alaska, and bro, I'm from Texas. I'm yeah. Like it's cold as hell over there. I'm not going over there. Yeah. And so this airborne recruiter had came through, and my drill, my AIT drill sergeants were uh, airborne, mm-hmm. and I seen the jump wings, you know, saying when they had their jump boots on, man, just looking sharp. The airborne recruiters when they came up, and uh, they was like, "Yeah, if you go airborne, shit, you going for Bragg, North Carolina." I knew I was gonna be in the United States because I had a daughter that yeah. I, you know, what I'm saying I had to see, so I couldn't go to Korea, and I went to airborne school, man, and uh, that's how I ended up airborne. Okay. How how long is airborne training? Uh, it's three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah, twenty one days. Of freaking man! I went to Georgia in January. It was cold as hell, bro. Oh no! I got my damn frostbite <laughs> on my fingers. And really? Smoke, man, bro. My one of my uh, good friends, man, Jay Rube. What's up? One two zero. So I was one one nine. He was one two zero. They give you numbers. Okay. In uh, airborne school, and uh, me and him, we're we're pretty close through throughout airborne school. It was mm-hmm. cold as hell, bro. Okay. So you run everywhere you go. It's raining, you running. From the time you get up to the time, the end of the day, you running. And it, it had been raining. And it was in Georgia. The shit had froze over. Yeah. And we're in the uh in the in PT in the morning, about to get smoked for something. That's when they make you do physical exercises. Okay. So these motherfuckers made us do push ups in like these puddles. Okay. And ice water, right? Yeah. So it's cold as hell out there. So all day, bro, we're out there. My damn fingers almost fell Ooh. off. Yeah. But if I missed training, I would have had to Drop out of airborne school, so yeah. I was like, nah, I can't do that. Yeah, so, they, they so I power you, through. Yeah, you don't want to quit in that. Hell no, hell no, because then I probably would have got sent to Korea. Oh no, I was like, hell no, I ain't doing that. <laughs> so, yeah. so after doing the the airborne training, what uh, what like, what goes on after that? So after airborne training, uh, depending on your job, your MOS, if that's the only training you got, you uh, go on to your duty station. So after you graduate, we graduated on like a Thursday night. Uh, and the bus picked us up mm-hmm. from uh, Fort Benning, Georgia, drove us to Fort Bragg, North Carolina. The next day, uh, we uh, were met by permanent party people who were stationed there. They mm-hmm. assigned us to our unit, gave us our barracks room. Mm-hmm. If you were single, if you're married, you know you found your house off post. Okay. And uh, they told us where to be the next day, which was um, uh, actually online. We went to 82nd Airborne Reception. Mm-hmm. So when you get to a new installation and they don't do it like this no more, you got to go to this place where all the new people come Yeah. and you get acclimated to the post Yeah. and uh, they teach you all this stuff. And then you're like, okay, you're going to this place. You're going to this place. You're going to that place. They make sure you got all your equipment. Yeah. And like on Thursday, your sponsors come pick you up or they take you and drop you off. And then you get assigned barracks rooms and your unit and what you'll be doing. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so after that, man, it's like a regular job. You know what I'm saying? You got to get up in the morning for PT. Normally, PT starts at 630. Mm-hmm. And uh, after PT, it's normally an hour, hour, 15 minutes. You go shower, eat breakfast. Then you got to be at work at 9. Okay. And then this is the traditional Army, what the normal schedule is. Mm-hmm. And so from 9 to 1130, 12 o'clock, you work. And then you take lunch from 11 thir- at 1130 to 12. And you come back at 1 o'clock, which is 1300. Yeah. You work till 5. Okay. But normally motherfuckers don't be getting off at five. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and it's stupid, man. I know they still do this in the Army. Like, you, they keep everybody there until, if there's one person that has something to do, they'll keep everybody there until that one person finishes what they have oh, to really? do. Oh, really? And then they'll send you home. That's some leaders do that. And some don't. But 
as a private, it happened a lot. It happened a lot. And one thing I said when I said, I, when I get in charge, I'm going to fix that shit. I ain't never doing that. Yeah. And I didn't. It'd be like 3 o'clock. If we ain't have shit to do, psh, I'm sending get them soldiers to the house. Yeah. Yeah, because when you're deployed, you ain't you can't go home at 5. You yeah. got to go to that tent. Mm-hmm. So anytime I got a chance to give soldiers off, man, I gave them off if we're back in the States. That's cool. Like You, you do seem like a guy that's like, oh, I'm just going to make everything better than whatever I'm in. Cause I, man, I, that's my mantra, man. That's my mantra. That's awesome, yeah. man. So, uh, you see, you mentioned you uh, deployment. How many times did you go on deployment? Man, so uh, two deployments. I did some uh, a peacekeeping mission in Bosnia. Mm-hmm. I did some um, uh, stuff down in Honduras. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty fun time in uh, Korea. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so, so you did end up going to I Korea. I ended up going to Korea, but <laughs> hey, I tell you, bro, hey. <laughs> They shouldn't send first-term soldiers yeah. to Korea. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because Korea's out of control, bro. Yeah. Like, when I was there, oh, my God, bro. Like, best duty station I ever been to. Yeah? Yeah. Well, just because of the partying. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because of the partying, the food, yeah. the people, uh, the Korean culture. Uh, man, it's dope. Like, just the food turned me on to a whole different experience. Yeah. Um, and just traveling, you know, traveling, going to see different places. Uh, but Korea was definitely, I met a lot of good friends over there. It was a close-knit family mm-hmm. with the people you did hang out with because yeah. you're in a whole other country, you know. Yeah. You got a 14-hour flight to get back to the house. Yeah. So I did end up going to Korea. and uh, But they shouldn't send first-term so, so, soldiers over there. I don't care if you're an officer, a warrant officer, or enlisted because mm-hmm. alcohol <laughs> is prevalent over there. Sexual yeah. assaults are prevalent over there. Uh, and soldiers can get over there, man, and get and see all that stuff and lose their way. Yeah. You know, and soldiers can be get into the wrong crowd and fall in and do some stupid stuff in their career be over mm-hmm. even before it started by yeah. being a career. Yeah. So that's just my take on it. It's kinda like a good proving ground to like see what's going on with everybody. Korea? Yeah. Hell no, man. You go over there and get in trouble, bro. Like <laughs> a lot of more people. Well, when I was in, you know, a lot of people go over there, they get in trouble, mm-hmm. you know, because you got 18, 19 year old kids yeah. that go over there and they go to a bar. And I hate to say it, they got girls over there that, you know what I'm saying, are not over there to just be with you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? There's ulterior motives. Yeah. And some of these soldiers, they ain't never had a girlfriend a day in their life, ain't had never had interest yeah. shown in them. So now you got this beautiful lady, you know what I'm saying? No. Ain't no telling where she's from in the world yeah. or why she's there yeah. showing you all this attention and you giving your money. Now y'all dating. Mm-hmm. Now you're getting married. Now, you know what I'm saying? It's just like a lot of stuff that people don't think about when yeah. 18, 19 year old kids yeah. go to another country. Yeah. Uh, did you learn Korean while you were there? I learned a little bit, man, enough yeah. to get me in trouble. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ask for some discounts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, but yeah, you know, you go through a. Uh, a reception an mm-hmm. integration just like in the state so when you because you got to learn the culture mm-hmm. you know and i think that's why a lot of military people are culturally diverse yeah because the army does they do a great job of trying to um uh indoctrinate you into the culture of yeah. the, the host country so they'll have uh local nationals the korean people or whatever country you go to mm-hmm. uh working on base and they have the language uh classes that you go to mm-hmm. and you learn different cultures about the country that you're visiting so uh, I say, oh, you know, hello, goodbye, yeah. or uh, thank God, God, you say, oh, mm-hmm. uh, like, can I get a discount or is this, <laughs> be- or okay. is this the best price? Okay. Uh, yeah, that's about all I remember, man. Just, yeah, if you don't, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. Yeah, that's very true, yeah. man. How long were you there? A year. A year? Yeah. Oh, wow, you're for a long time. Yeah, so yeah, tours in, uh, overseas are normally a year. Okay. And then you return back to your home, uh, home duty station, wherever you choose. Okay, so... Uh, did they have you traveling around the whole country throughout your 22 years, or did they keep keep you in like a specific base? So one, yeah. So I'm, I consider myself a brag baby. You know, a lot of soldiers, if uh, they spend a lot of time in brag. Once you go airborne, you know, you can <clears throat> you go to Fort um, damn Fort Campbell mm-hmm. because you know that's home of the air assault slide yeah. helicopter. And they have airborne there, and there's other airborne divisions mm-hmm. around, but. Uh, the 82nd Airborne Division is America Guards of Honor. You know what I'm saying? Rapid yeah. deployment unit okay. uh, anywhere in the world within 18 hours ready to lay down some ass kicking. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So once you become <clears throat> part of the 82nd Airborne, uh, you really don't leave. Mm-hmm. So you'll do a, tier, a tour to Korea for a year. You'll come back to brag. You'll do a tour 
in Honduras, mm-hmm. you'll go back to Bragg. Or some people do get out, but they always end up back at Bragg. Yeah. So from 1998, and it's not called Bragg now. Shit, I forget what it's called. Um, so from 1999. Oh, really? They changed it? Yeah, you know, it was Confederate. Oh, uh, okay. Like a whole Confederate okay. post thing. So, okay. Yeah, they changed the names. Uh, so from 19 January 1999 to 2006, I was at Fort Bragg. Okay. 2006, 2007, uh, I went to Honduras. Mm-hmm. Then I went to Virginia. Mm-hmm. Then after Virginia, damn. I went to Afghanistan second okay. time. Oh, man, yeah. I, I, yeah, man, I don't know. It's a blur. I got to yeah. put that timeline together. But, yeah, I've been some everywhere, bro. Yeah, that sounds – yeah, you were, like, all over. What, what was your favorite uh, – either – Either answer like you choose like what what was your favorite uh, either period or your favorite place that you visited in during the military? Man, I would say Colombia. Colombia. Yeah, man, it was New Year's Eve. We had a uh, <clears throat> we were doing some stuff down in uh, Central Central America mm-hmm. and uh, South America. One of our uh, helicopters were doing some other stuff with another mm-hmm. unit, and they're. Uh, helicopter broke right? okay yeah in colombia right oh wow yeah so we had to take some down parts to them and so the the distance we were flying we couldn't do a turn and burn take mm-hmm. it and come back so we got there like on new year's eve and uh went to the beach mm-hmm. it was in Cartagena. yeah went to the beach and just seeing seeing that i was like bruh this is where i need to be yeah but belize is nice too yeah i was in guatemala that's nice too so if i would have to pinpoint best experience i would i would have to say probably probably belize okay probably belize okay because I, li- I love food man yeah I love food and and belize uh, some of the best indian food i ever had really hell yeah okay so i would have to say belize that's awesome yeah. man that's awesome so how when did you retire 2019 okay <laughs> yeah, that's pretty recent so i did the uh, delayed entry program uh you know, in my junior year over the summer, talked okay. to the recruiter. I was like, yeah, man, this is what I need to do. And uh, wasn't sure if I was going to join, but mm-hmm. then my girl ended up yeah. being pregnant. So I was like, I got to join Army now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that delayed entry, is that like a, like a testing thing? So like to see if you would want to do it or not? Yeah. So we did like the recruiter came. We did some drills. You know, practice taking the ASVAB, mm-hmm. uh, learn how to march, learn how to do PT and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. If you had a good recruiter. So, okay. And the recruiters, they get a, like a budget. They come grab the recruits, take them out to lunch and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've heard recruiters, some of them are like, oh, they sell you the moon and the stars, and then they send you the worst place ever you can think of or something like that. Man, I mean, <clears throat> they sell you the moon and the stars, but the recruiters really don't have a, a, a say-so. A say in the matter? Where you, where you okay. go. Okay, so that's just because they're, they're just trying to get you they in. They just want to get you in there. I don't yeah. give a day. After that, man, shit, I, recruiters. They see you as a number. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Some of them, I, I don't speak for all recruiters. I know it's, man, it's a stressful job, bro. Yeah. I know, like, I don't I don't wish recruiting on anybody. You can, yeah. You imagine having to go event, convince some of these kids yeah. to go serve a higher purpose than them? Yeah. Like, hey, I need you to go defend our country. Yeah. Like, bitch, you want me to do what? Yeah. <laughs> like, can my mama come? <laughs> like, yeah. no, bro. <laughs> no, she can't come. She can yeah. join with you. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so just going out there to these high schools and saying, hey, you want to come serve? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, well, what I what 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 do I have to do? Mm-hmm. And then you see all of these stories on TikTok about how the army is this, how the Marines is that, and it's at their fingertips, man. So it's I couldn't even imagine being a recruiter in today's world. Yeah. But if you're good at it, you can be good at it. Yeah. But if you're out there watching this, man, hey, serve your country, do it for four years, get some good benefits, learn a lot of shit. So it's it's the oldest profession there is, right? Yeah. So yeah, I thought about doing it once, like not not once, but like I I was like in my thirties already, so mm-hmm. I was like I don't know if I should do this because my my I didn't want to like mess up my body. Yeah. Uh, but at the, at you was how old? I, so I, when I thought about it, I think I was like thirty one or thirty two. Oh, bro, when you hit thirty, your body already messed up. <laughs> Shit. Two yeah. weeks after I turned thirty, I had to go to the hospital. Yeah, it was like God. <laughs> yeah, I already had like like knee aches and stuff oh, like that. Yeah, like, yeah. So I was like, oh, I don't know. You would have fit right in. <laughs> <laughs> um, and probably my mom would have not 
like that. So I'm like, I, I don't know. But I, I did. I, so I went three times to a recruiting office. The first time, there wasn't anybody there. So I'm like, okay. The second time, there was someone there, but I was afraid to talk because I, I, I was like, man, if I go talk to this guy, I'm just going to sign up right away. Yeah. And then the third time, I, I talked. You're that easy to convince. Yeah, dude. I, <laughs> sometimes I'm like, I'll just go with the flow, you know? <laughs> 22 years later, yeah. I just went there for a Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then on the third time, I did talk to a recruiter and like he asked me a bunch of questions. But there were two recruiters. One was like, one was playing like the good cop, and then the other one was like the bad cop. Yeah. Like one was like, oh, if you do this, you do this, you do the other thing, yeah, you'd be good. And the other one's like, I don't know if you want to do that, blah blah blah. So I'm like, it gave me like an experience of like, oh man, I, I see like where these guys are coming from, and I could like I could see one of those guys was like going through something, yeah, because like he had like uh, his fate, like he wasn't happy, you know. And then the other guy was just like, normally recruiters aren't. so after that i thought about it i'm like i don't know if i'm gonna do this my like because i was like trying to like i because i also like wanted to be like some sort of special forces or whatever something like that i'm like i won't be cool man or whatever (laughs) and uh so i was starting to like train to be that and i'm like dude i'm i know if i'm like in a program i'll get there but what did your training uh regimen consist of so i looked at the you know the I forgot the name of the test, but like the minimum requirements. Yeah, so yeah. I was just trying to get to that point okay. uh, just to be able to, I think it was like pull-ups. I'm, I'm fine At with 31. Yeah. <laughs> pull-ups. I'm fine with pull-ups, but the running, I hadn't like ran in a while. Yeah. Like I, I, I would do my cardio in different ways. So I, like I started running, you had to, I think it was like, you had to have a, either a seven or an eight minute or an eight minute mile for like five miles or something like yeah. that. And like, I was struggling with that dude. Yeah. Man. So. Damn. Okay. Yeah. So the run kept you out. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm pretty disciplined and all that. But the uh, that pace, I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna die if I keep going at this pace. Like, cause my, my heart is uh, just like coming hey, out of my chest. Unfortunately, man, you're not the only one. It's a lot of soldiers who get in the military, and for some reason they make it to their duty station and they get to their duty station and they're failing a PT test. Like yeah. The run, like, bro, how you just come out of basic training in AIT, you get here. And you failing a run by this much, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. however, whatever they have to do to, to pass it at that point in time, they yeah. passed it. But you ain't the only one that had a that has a problem running. Yeah, the soldiers in the military still have a problem. Yeah, because I mean, if you ain't good at it, you ain't good at it. Yeah, but, and I hate running. I now I hate running, but I enjoyed it in the military. Yeah, yeah, because it, it's part of like a community thing too, yeah. right? Because everybody's yeah. like doing it at the same time. As yeah, every morning, six thirty rain or shine out there running yeah and some some of the best times the best camaraderie is during our early morning run i had this damn uh squad leader man sergeant smith Mm -hmm. and uh my buddies uh woods fuentes like we were all close and uh my homeboy marlon brown uh so we were young like when we first Mm -hmm. joined i was 19 i you know i did ran track growing up and woods ran and uh, Sergeant Smith, this dude, man, he would run the shit out of us yeah. every morning, man, every morning. And uh, we was like, look, bro, this shit's going to suck. Today was Thursday. I knew it was a Thursday. It was raining. I remember it. We were running Area J, and it was dark. And we so we had to take this little shortcut when you run down this hill by the uh, parachute shake facility, mm-hmm. and you cross over the road, you go through this tunnel. So it's dark as shit. We're going through this tunnel, and we come up, and it's muddy. And we hit mile two. Yeah. The rain starts coming down a little harder, and Sergeant Smith is just still running. Like you know, when you run, yeah. you ain't asking no questions. Like we ain't calling no cadence. Yeah, like this is you about to get a workout. Yeah, and man, he start to start start to get them stragglers. So we was in a formation, and they start to drop off. We keep running. We get the mile four. Like this dude tripping. Like we hauling ass. <laughs> like, yeah, we hauling ass. It ain't just no little no shuffle. Yeah, and uh, so we make this right. We come up to this hill. And now we're coming around the area J. And this is about mile six. And this is when I was like, this dude's crazy, man. And so area J is power lines with hills and mud. And literally, we're covered, soaking wet, muddy. And now we're at the top of this hill. And he's seeing, he's standing at the top of this hill. And his whole platoon looks like ants just trying to get mm-hmm. up to the hills where he's at. Yeah. And me, Woods, and Fuentes are still there. We're like, damn. This dude's crazy. Yeah. But at that moment, like, if you if you hung in with him, he trusted you. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I don't care what I was going to put you through. You didn't quit. 
Yeah. So he trusted you. So we gained the respect. Sorry, I spiffed that down. That's okay. cool. Yeah. So that's it's kind of like a good way to test, right? Because like people that are yeah. in the military, yeah. like, you need to know that they can stand. Yeah, up. yeah. We didn't know how far we were running. We didn't know how fast. Because you know, if you take off hauling ass, like you gonna try to keep up. Because you might, oh, he can't keep this pace for this long. Yeah. Psh, mile three. <laughs> when you're still going at that pace, you're yeah. like, damn, dude, we can slow down. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I learned a lot during those morning PT sessions and. Just basic body movements, calisthenics. Mm-hmm. The burpees, bro, we was doing burpees long before. We wasn't, yeah. we wasn't calling them burpees. So I don't know what the hell we was calling them, yeah. bend and reach or some shit. But they wasn't called burpees. But we were doing yeah. this stuff long before yeah. burpees became into effect. Like, because when, uh, when you got to your duty station, they wasn't hitting you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They was going to smoke the shit out you. Yeah. Like, you back behind a Connex doing front back goes, you know what I'm saying? Doing push-ups and running in place until you throw mm-hmm. up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? All because you showed up late. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So don't show up late. You won't get your bag smoked. Mm-hmm. So you I don't even know what you asked me, but <laughs> I gave you fifty cents worth of nonsense. Yeah. No, dude, it was good. I don't remember what I asked you, so we it was it was a nice uh roller coaster of a, of a story i liked it yeah man i'm, be, I'm come, becoming more self-aware i sometimes i just realize i talk a lot <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying i'm 43 yeah. like damn, do i like do i hijack conversations <laughs> like do i talk a lot man so no no you like i, I know you answered my question i just don't remember and about five other ones too man but shit yeah basic training man it's, it was fun just the army in general, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't change it for the world. So, 2019 is when when you got out. Yeah, and you said you were having like a hard time, um, like, like getting back into like regular society. Yeah, man. Uh, well, so I got out. My knees were real bad, bro. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't run anymore. I was a first sergeant, and I yeah. was gaining weight. I couldn't run. I had to go upstairs sideways. My body was just breaking down. Yeah. And I was like, man, I can't. If I can't physically do what I need to do to 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 get through the day, uh, you know, I'll put somebody's life in jeopardy if I ever have yeah. to really go do some shit. And um, so I was like, man, I gotta get out. And you know, I was talking to a lot of buddies who who were retiring. They was mm-hmm. living their best life, man. Yeah. And, it's like, bro, why are you still in the army? You know how much money you can make, like, if you just retired. Yeah. And I was like, what are you talking about, Willis? So, uh, <laughs> one of my homeboys showed me, like, this is what I make, like, when I got out, and uh, when I was in, and this is what I make now, and I don't do anything. I was mm-hmm. like, how? And he told me, it's like, bro, this is everything that you're entitled to. So, um, I was like, shit, let me go ahead and get this knee surgery. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So when I get out, my knee will be good, yeah. and I can transition into uh, civilian life. Uh, so I got the surgery, man, and uh, got out the army scared, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, because that's all I knew. Yeah. What was I going to do? But I knew that the army gave me a set of skills that that I could use. Mm-hmm. And I know me personally that I was going to be successful at, at whatever. Yeah. But, you know, getting out of the <clears throat> army with a family, you know, and not having a job, like, damn, what's going to happen? Yeah. You know, how am I going to do this? And, um it it was humbling. It was humbling just going out trying to write a resume, uh, trying to find a job, learning the interview yeah. process. And uh, dude, I remember I uh, started working at a, a Montessori mm-hmm. academy, and it was different. You know, I worked with a lot of women, uh, a lot of different different people from different backgrounds. Mm-hmm that were not in the military. Yeah. So we weren't bound by a set of guidelines on how to how we had to conduct ourselves. So mm-hmm. I was trying to navigate that shit, man. Yeah. Like people showing up to work late. Like, bro, do you uh, know we got a whole <laughs> job going on right here that you gotta be here for? Yeah. And not just digging in like like, bro, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh just like, hey man, uh, you know you gotta be here at nine. Mm. You know, you know, we had this event at, at 830 that you have to be here for. Well, you know, I overslept like, bro, <clears throat> oversleep at my PT formation <laughs> and I got to come get you. Show up late if, when I was in the army. Yeah, it's a little different. It was huh? a whole lot different. You only yeah. did that shit once. You yeah. feel me? Um, so it was different <laughs> trying to navigate that. And then I, I left that job and uh, end up working for CVS as a, <clears throat> as a uh, okay. shift supervisor. Yeah. Different again, bro. Mm-hmm. Like when people telling you, I can't work, um, I can't work this shift because I get prime example, and it sucks because now 
you know that people are struggling mm-hmm. differently. Because yeah. in the military, we had an answer and a solution for everything, for everything. So a lady was like, look, I can't come to work after six. You can't schedule me after six yeah. because I can't see after dark. You can't see after dark. Like, this is real shit. And people yeah. deal with it every day. Yeah. But being in the military, you can't see after dark. Bye. You got to go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got to go. So just dealing with different perspectives of people everyday lives uh, really, really had me take a step back and say, man, I need to be a little kinder and gentler yeah. in my approach. So working at CVS really taught me, because, you know, it's customer service. Yeah. People coming in at CVS tripping, bro. And I'm not that guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm like, look, all right, I'll do my little training you taught me but i'm not yeah. gonna be disrespected yeah and uh cbs taught me it taught me patience how yeah. to deal with people because mm-hmm. hey, you don't know what people going through man yeah and so i just try That's to see it very from, true yeah you know i try to see it from their perspective so pe- they people was in there stealing i let them steal you know what i'm saying cbs got enough money shit <laughs> go ahead it's on cbs today man because i'm not about to chase after you shit yeah you don't pay me enough to run after yeah. you nah hell no yeah not gonna happen so you, you, like you're in CVS, you know exactly what's going on. You're like, I'm, you, you can do whatever. Nah, nah. It mainly was the kids. Yeah. yeah the kids, because we were next to a high school. Yeah. And uh, kids do kid shit, bro. They do kid stuff. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in the Army. You know, mm-hmm. I had to, I figured out some of the soldiers do some darndest yeah. things. Yeah. So it's pretty hard to pull some shit over my eyes. Yeah. And uh, so five kids come in. All with backpacks, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? They crowd in the aisle. I already know what they're doing, mm-hmm. but you know, I just so I was like, Hey, I know what you in here doing, I'm not gonna stand over you, but there's cameras here everywhere. But if I physically see you putting something in your pocket, that's, I'm gonna that's call over, police. yeah, yeah, it's over. So do what you do, but just don't disturb the people in the store. And that's how I approached the situation, yeah. I gave them, I gave them the decision mm-hmm. to do what they was gonna do, yeah. and I never had no problem out of it, man, yeah. yeah. And uh, what at one point? At what point did did you realize? Oh, I want to do comedy. Man, so I always wanted to do stand up. Like from growing up, watching Showtime at the Apollo with my mom as like ten, eleven years mm-hmm. old, man. And uh, I used to, cause my dad he worked a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, I was ten, eleven watching Showtime at the Apollo, and it came on at midnight. Was yeah. the thing? So as a kid trying to stay up on Saturday night trying to watch the Apollo and you know your mama gonna wake you up to go to Sunday school the next morning. <laughs> so it was always stay up at your own risk. Yeah. So staying up watching the uh the amateurs try to go sing mm-hmm. and dance and just showcase their skills and then comedians would get up yeah. and do their thing. And the comedians always hosted Showtime at the Apollo. So seeing them come out, Steve Harvey, uh Sinbad, uh just seeing them come out and do their opening act, you know what I'm saying, and telling jokes. Yeah. And then when I grew up watching Harlem Nights, uh, Friday, uh, Eddie Murphy Delirious. Eddie Murphy brought like sneaking to watch it because, yeah. you know what I'm saying, as a kid. Oh, yeah, as they, a, they, they don't like, let like, you watch like, <laughs> I got a cheese, bro. I got a cheese. Like, that's, that's so real, bro, because yeah. like growing up, we didn't get hamburgers. We got white bread with a big ass hamburger patty, <laughs> right? With some ketchup on that hole. And that's your burger. Yeah. Like for real, for real. So when I heard that and a grown man telling the jokes that I was living, I was yeah. like, hey, that's some funny stuff. Yeah. And so I found myself in high school, like going listen listen to these stand ups and going telling jokes in school of yeah. other comedians. Yeah. And my friends wasn't really on comedy like that. So they thought I was just making all this stuff up. Uh, okay. I was reciting other people's yeah. shit, you know? Yeah. And uh, so uh, being funny all through the military, I posted something on the uh, Facebook and one of my soldiers said, uh, it was one of my sets and he replied, man, that sounds like a lot of safety briefings at a lot of platoon sergeant <laughs> meetings, you know what I'm saying? So I knew I was being funny all through my military yeah. career. I just yeah. didn't know I was being a stand-up comedian. Yeah. And uh, so after getting out of the military, dealing with you know PTSD, a mm. lot of anxiety, a lot of different stuff. Yeah. Uh, I was like, I'm gonna tell some damn jokes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Just to just to say, hey, this is what it is. And uh, I think doing that really helps. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I just did the uh, uh, best medicine brigade. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I for the with the American Legion. Yeah. And we talked about comedy being a healing process. Yeah. And it is. It is. It's something about getting on stage and getting that rush of excitement yeah you know what i'm saying in front of a lot of people and that feeling that you get kind of 
can relate to being in the military. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? In a, in a kind of strange way. Mm. So I, I, I like it. But the ultimate reason I think I got into comedy is because I like making people laugh. Yeah. I, I, ha- I have a good energy, and I like just to pass on that positive energy to people, mm. man. I like to see people win. I like to see people have a good time. Yeah. Uh, I've always been an entertainer. I had parties at my house growing up in the military. Just yeah. I've always liked to entertain. And so when I said, damn, I think I, I'm a stand-up comedian. And I was like, shit, here I go. Let me try yeah. it. And here we are. Here we are, man. So what is uh, so you mentioned Steve Harvey, uh, Eddie Murphy. Um, well, Steve Harvey briefly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't hang my hat on Steve Harvey. <laughs> is there like a particular one that... that uh, man, my all-time favorite comedian is, is Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx, you know okay. You know, uh, because his stand-up, I might need security. I think really solidified, like damn. Even growing up, because I tell a lot of his jokes mm-hmm. at in school and during the military. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I would recite those in the platoon setting or in the field. And uh, me and my friends who've seen it, we would talk about just comedy specials for hours. Mm-hmm. And uh, but just seeing Jamie Foxx from In Living Color, uh, the Jamie Foxx show, yeah. his stand-up, just a versatile entertainer dude he can literally do it all 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 versatile entertainer but i love him most for a stand-up yeah you know his just his delivery is his uh just approach to comedy how it's everyday life and just being fun mm-hmm. being who who you are yeah and uh that's that's the hard part you know and being who you are like are people gonna accept you for who you are yeah but at this day and age like i don't give a shit man i'm 43 i done done a lot of shit in my yeah. life yeah I've done some unthinkable shit that I'm not <laughs> proud of, yeah. and I've done some things that I am proud of. But if people really know, like some of the stuff you did, it would be embarrassing. But who gives a shit? Yeah, who gives a shit? You man? could even make a joke about it. You know, I do, I do. Like, but at the end of the day, who gives a shit? Like, if you're happy with who you are, bro, do yeah. you? Do that's, you? That's like the whole game, right? Yeah, yeah. most definitely. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Try not to to make people happy. Live your life for you. You know, take care of you and your family. Yeah, man. That's what you got to do. What, uh, is there anything you want to plug or anything like that? Just, uh. Yeah, man. Shit. Speaking of progression, you know, uh, you know, I do, I produce comedy shows all around Austin. You know, I got some shows, uh, my hometown Rockdale. I do a show called It's a Damn Comedy Show that I put on out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do the house party comedy show, uh, here in Austin and Round Rock. So, Man, just get at me. Come to come out to some of the shows I've I put on. Great entertainment, great fun, cheap. Uh, catch me at an open mic, man. What's That's it. What's your Instagram handle? Oh, Ernest Evans Senior. Uh, all my IG, all my social media platform forms. That's E R N E S T E V A N S S R on all social media platforms. I'm um, starting to get into some YouTube links, dropping that shit, but. I'm still new with this, man. Yeah, man. So whatever, Just whatever I say, it. don't take me at face value. Just keep at it. That's yeah. all you got to do. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, bro. I, I really appreciate hey, it. Hey, man, I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you, bro.